share our passion for life on 657 AM. It's turning around. Yes, it's turning around for me. Sooner or later, things will uh, be done or, yeah, things will be done and uh, in my favor. Uh, beautiful one there by Vishon Michel on Radio Puppet, your daily companion. Wow, what an inspirational and an encouraging song there. I believe that's exactly what you needed to hear. Perhaps if you didn't have uh, a, a, such a great day or such a great week or even a year or a life for that matter. Hey, you really needed that one to just to encourage you and to say to you that one day um, things will get better. You also will be able to uh, testify like many others. I know that some of you would be have been saying, but when am I going to uh, testify? When am I going to tell the world about the goodness of my Savior there? It's coming. It's coming and uh, it's just around the corner. So stay right where you are if you have to wait and if you have to move, uh, keep on moving until you get to your breakthrough. It's just uh, gone 12 minutes after 7 right here on Real Puppet, your daily companion. As always, we are joined by somebody from the Global Business Roundtable. And, of course, we are honored again to have uh, uh, Mr. Friendly Ngulu uh, with us. He was with us last week, so we are continuing with uh, what we discussed. Uh, good evening and welcome back to Radio Puppet. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good evening to all listeners. Thank you very much for having me back again. It's good to have you again. And we're continuing with that interesting, informative topic of uh, enterprising in faith. So if you can, please share with us some of the things that we talked about, the highlights of last week's discussion before we continue right into what we have uh, in store for us this evening. Awesome. So uh, basically last week, of course, we started with uh, the definition itself. So uh, what is an enterprise? And we also defined what faith is, and we also defined what is enterprising in faith. And of course, um, just to recapitulate, basically an enterprise, um, we defined it as a risky undertaking. So basically what it means, it's an activity that can either fail or succeed. And as such, the final outcome of such a business or enterprise is uncertain. That's basically an enterprise. And um, we also went on and we defined what faith was. So basically, faith can be thought of as money. So faith is actually the money that you use in order to convert what you expect from the spiritual realm and bring it into the physical realm. So I can say faith is the currency that converts our spiritual expectation into our physical manifestation. So basically, just like money, uh, one can say that faith is used to buy desired items, what you hope for. Likewise, faith is like the spiritual money or a mean of exchange that buys our success from God through the transaction of enterprise. And um, the third definition that we looked at was what is then enterprising in faith. So basically, this is now a combination of enterprising and faith. And uh, in order to get there, um, I mentioned that to define what enterprising in faith means, first of all, it is important to mention what is an entrepreneur uh, and uh, what is a businessman. And from the Bible perspective, when we go back into the meaning in Hebrew, 
the word businessman or the word entrepreneur means homain. So it actually sounds exactly the same as amen. It has the same meaning as amen, and which means so be it. So having said that, uh, from the Bible and the biblical perspective, um, an entrepreneur is thought of as a man of faith. So because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Because any time an entrepreneur engages into an enterprise, it's always with a hope that things will turn out properly. Now, um, one last thing, of course, that we saw last week was also that when we enterprise in faith, because enterprising is a risky undertaking that can either succeed or fail. And because faith cannot fail, therefore, by enterprising in faith, one is assured that the outcome will be positive. So that is where we left off um, last week. Well, there you had it from him. That's uh, Mr. Friendly Nkulu. And of course, we are talking, uh, continuing with our discussion on enterprising in faith. You know what? It's like my eyes are opened. I think I said this uh, last week, and I'm going to say it again, that uh, it it looks like... uh, um, Faith is is practiced all over and in all areas of life, even those who might not know that it's faith that they are are practicing. But then my my concern is for those who know about faith and yet they are afraid to launch out into into the deep. Because whether we like it or not, failure is around us. Failure is amongst us and failure is part of our lives. But we just have to overcome the fear of it in order for us to, to become successful. And listening to you right now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that we try to do is going to be uh, successful. Sometimes we have this confidence that it's absolutely going to be successful only to be hitting the wall um, afterwards. And what can you say to people listening right now? Because like, I don't know, like I just said to you now, my eyes are opened, completely opened. Now I see that faith is part and parcel of our lives, whether we know about it or not. Yes, indeed. I'm going to answer this question in a very um, indirect way, but of course it will make sense toward the end. So let's imagine that we have uh, a potato, a potato, and also let's imagine that we have an egg. So at first value, it means when you have a raw potato, if you drop it, it's hard, doesn't break. But then if you have an egg, you drop it, it breaks, it's gone. But now, if we take the potato and the egg together and we put it into a pot and then there's boiling water, of course, it will boil over a certain uh, you know, period of time and with high temperature, boiling water 100% degrees. At the end of the process, when you take the egg, you drop it, it's hard. It has hardened. But when you take the potato, it becomes actually mushy, like mashed potatoes. So now, the potato here can be thought of of somebody who engages into uh, an activity, business. The person goes to, let's say, business school. The person has strong ideas. The business sounds so good, very smart. And the business plan, the business case, everything really at face value is very good. But then it gets submitted to the pressure because just like you've just alluded, 
there will always be that pressure. So let's call it test. Let's call it trial. So now there will be all the different pressure. For example, we've got COVID-19. It's just one particular test that was completely unforeseen and which shook many businesses. So now through the test and the trial, the potato, which was looking so strong, has completely lost value. So this is an entrepreneur that was well thought of. Everybody was applauding him. Everybody knew that the idea would succeed. But in the process of trial, he has not demonstrated his faith, neither his belief, neither his trust that it will succeed. In fact, now that we talk about belief and we talk about trust, it's really believing that God, who has given you that plan, will see you through. And it is trusting, it is depending that God cannot fail. So now, because of that, we get to the end where that enterprise or that entrepreneurship, or if you want, that company fails. On the contrary now, when we go back to the egg, we see that the egg has hardened. And now, if we go a bit in biological science, the reason why it has hardened is because of proteins, because the egg contains certain proteins, and when it is submitted to that pressure, to that huge and high temperature, those proteins change forms, and they make the head to harden. So what does the protein really uh, mean? The protein is, as a child of God, the process of hearing the Word of God, of meditating on the Word of God, of praying, and of keeping on to exercise faith, because faith itself is not just in words only. It's not just a mere philosophical discussion. In fact, the Apostle James says, faith without works is dead. So you have to speak it, you have to continue to believe, you have to continue to trust, you have to continue to fight any other temptation that your business will not work, and continue to trust that God, who is uh, the unchanging changer, will not fail you. And that is the egg. That's the protein that you've got in the egg. And at the end of it, the result is that it has hardened and it represents success. So directly now to answer your question is, through the trial, through the test, it represents a school. It's the school of entrepreneurship. It has to happen. In fact, there's a term or terminology in enterprising or in entrepreneurship which is called to pay the school fees. One has to pay the school fees. I think any successful and all the great enterprises that we see all around us, whether you talk about Microsoft, you talk about Apple, or even Tesla right now, notwithstanding the fact that they may not be born again, but they have exercised their faith, they have paid their school fees, they have gone through the trials, the temptation, no matter the view. Uh, unfortunately, you will find a very lazy view saying, oh, no, um, Bill Gates, for example, uh, you know, more of a conspiracy theory, uh, his father helped him, and so on and so forth. But anyway, how many people are being helped by the father, and how many succeed, and how many fail? You see? So there's really that particular choice that we make, because we're the captain of our destinies. I mean, God has created the world, and he has given us the word of God, and based on the word of God, he has given us direction. He has given us law, he has given us principles that we need to live by. So now it's really our choice either to implement it, to put it in action, to work through it, 
and to be able to take the maximum out of it. But somebody else can decide otherwise. We've seen it, for example, in families. You can see one brother who's succeeding, and I've got many examples, even as I'm speaking to you, one that has succeeded tremendously, and they've all come from the background, but then the, the younger brother has not succeeded at all. He's always blaming, blaming the government, blaming these, blaming the weather, and so on and so forth. And he is never amounting to anything. Two brothers from the same father, from the same mother, but to two different outcomes. Why? One simply decided to look at the Word of God and to look in a positive way about trials and temptations as if it is really a test that is helping you. Maybe I can also give this uh, example. I hope it's not too much. About the silver smith that took a coin, a silver coin. I mean, some of the listeners may, may know about it. So he took that silver coin and put it in the middle of fire in order to purify it from all impurity. And then the person who was observing said to him, but why do you have to put it right in the middle of the fire? He says, of course, because the fire is going to remove every impurity from it. And then he says, but why do you keep on looking? And he says, I will keep on looking at this coin inside the fire because if I take my eyes off, it may overburn. Or if I don't look at it, it may actually be underdone. So I have to look until it reaches the precise time. And then he asks finally the question, when is the precise time? How do you know? He says, it's the time that I see a reflection of my face in it. So the silversmith there is really God. And the coin, it is us. And the fire, it's the trials, the temptation, COVID-19, and so on and so forth. Inflation, the war between Russia and Ukraine, the oil prices that is moving up. All that purifies us and helps us to check and to say, well, if my business is failing, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to adjust? Not to say, because of COVID, I will not succeed. No, no, no. Because there are businesses irrespective of COVID that succeeded. One of them is Zoom. I mean, the founder of Zoom became a multi-billionaire as soon as COVID started. Wow. And then you find many mm. businesses that have collapsed. So it's just a, that face. Mm. Now, by the time now one can see his face, what does it mean? It is when God can see his reflection in us. Now he knows that we are ready, like the coin, and it mm. can take us out of that fire. That's the perfect timing. I hope I've answered your questions. Yes, thank you very much, sir. It's 25 after 7 on Radio Puppet, your daily companion. I know that you had uh, other stuff that you so much wanted to uh, share with us. But remember last week I did ask you if you can maybe share with us a little bit about uh, the models of, uh, business models of uh, the founders of um, uh, Uber, Uber, and uh, I think the other one is Amazon. Uh, I mean, these guys didn't have, uh, they, they don't have cars. I mean, the Uber guy doesn't have cars, but he's running a very successful business with other people's cars. And uh, Amazon also, and uh, did, I mean, there are so many things that uh, if like they focused on the things that they didn't have, I don't think their businesses would be successful today. The reason being, I want people to really think out of the box and prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to show them what is it that they need that might not be already out there, uh, you know, for them to, to become successful. Yes. 
I think um, I will just go with the model of um, Amazon. So I think Jeff Bezos um, was, of course, um, the son of an immigrant and all that, I think, from Cuba. And uh, he studied in top universities. And um, with the idea that he really had and um, the decision that he took, just like, of course, you see with Uber, not owning cars, but actually having a system that has been put in place. What they really wanted to do was to scale their business. So that's actually the similarity between the two. Uh, what is really uh, scalability? Scalability is the fact that as you do your business, you structure it in such a way that every single client that will um, buy your products or your services, out of every dollar, there will always be a certain portion. Or out of every range, there will always be a certain portion that will come to you. For example, suppose that you work as an employee and you have a salary, let's say, 100000 for argument's sake. I did try with one of my former colleagues and I asked him, suppose that you want to have twice your salary, what will you do? He said to me, I need to work twice longer. And then I said, okay, it's fine, I will cut you. And then I said, but suppose that you have one billion, you want to have a salary of one billion. He could not answer. He said, well, I don't know what to do. That's exactly the point. At that stage, you need to create a business system. And the business system must be sound. Amazon, Uber, those are business systems. Such that every single person who is part of your business system will contribute out of each one rent that they make, maybe 10 cents. That's why every single Uber driver, for example, at the end of the day, the car that the driver has, it's probably the... Uh, I mean, a car loan, and of course needs to repay the the, the loan, but then will make certain re uh, fixed revenue, and then if you need to remove the cost, you know, petrol, the loan, and everything, there's still some portion, and out of that portion, he will still share with Uber. So, now you can now imagine the number of Uber drivers all across that are each contributing a portion of what they have. So that's what creates a multi-billion industry. And it's the same with Amazon. So now, with the portion of the number of people, for example, that are part of the retail system of Jeff Bezos, students and so on and so forth, who are part of the distribution channel. Now, each one of them, of course, will get a certain salary, but the inputs and what they have done, the revenue that has been generated out of their own profits, they will always share a certain portion with Jeff Bezos. So that's how it becomes a multi-billionaire. We can also extend the same idea like with uh, Tesla, in the sense that Elon Musk, the genius, comes from the fact that not only that we need cars, but then it comes to the point of getting a car that will be the best car that most of the people in the world will have. So many people have gone into all sorts of uh, conspiracy theory that he's been uh, doing money laundering and all these type of things. But the point is this. The Tesla car is so good right now that almost any average person would want to have one. And it becomes a market share. So now, if let's say we have 6 billion people on the earth, and let's just say for argument's sake, 600,000 of all the people on the earth want to own a Tesla. And then you multiply that by how much profit is making per each Tesla. 
it makes Elon Musk the richest man in the world. Scalability. So these are key things that, of course, we will see even as we explore enterprising in faith. How does an idea become scalable? And, of course, one needs to be very disciplined to keep to the vision that God has given and to really remain on those particular points which will help you, which will help to propel your idea to become scalable. There are many, many ideas that are available. Mm. But Tesla, for example, it's a particular model. I think it's the Model S that has made Tesla what it is. In fact, Tesla has grown so much in market share that they have recently owned even a portion of Mercedes-Benz. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Yes. But Mercedes-Benz has been along for all this time. Mm. And a company that is... Uh, that was a startup a couple of years ago, now dares to become uh, a shareholder and to hold, I think, 10%, if I'm not mistaken, wow. or 11% wow, of Mercedes-Benz. Mm. So it's the same. And mm. you shall remember that Jeff Bezos became the richest man in the world. He overtook Bill Gates. It was during COVID-19, and then he was overtaken by Elon Musk. Wow. Who is uh, as a, a South African-born uh, billionaire. Um, Mr. Ngulu, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it right here uh, be, because of time. But thank you once again. I tried to look for you on uh, Facebook and I couldn't find you. Yep. Uh, I don't have a Facebook account yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you come with another, a different name there. <laughs> no. So everything is being worked on. Okay. Uh, but of course, you can see me on uh, LinkedIn. You can okay. uh, actually view my LinkedIn page. And uh, again, I can uh, drop my phone number. Yes, so, please. Uh, 082-082-429-0435. So thank you once again for your time. Thank you very much for having me. That was uh, Mr. Friendly Ngulu there, 082-429-0435. Listening to him, it simply means that you don't have to start something completely new, but you can, you know, uh, do something with uh, uh, the, the, the already existing businesses. You can improve, you can uh, help solve the problems. I mean, just imagine um, the idea of uh, meter taxis has, has always been around. It was not. Uh, it's not like uh, you know there was no uh, private private car or taxis and stuff like that. But this guy came up with an idea. Yeah, this uh, application and uh, yeah, as they say, the rest is is history. But thank you very much uh, for bringing this to our attention. It's um. Zero eight two four two nine zero four three five. Radio Pulpit's Facebook page makes you more a part of the station than ever before. Now you can give your opinion regarding our programs, or even contact your favorite presenter. You can get the latest news and existing programs, and communicate with other listeners. Come on, let your fingers do the talking on Radio Pulpit's Facebook page. It's interactive and dynamic. Just visit facebook.com forward slash Radio Pulpit.